0: Welcome to My Ireland Adventure. I'm your host, Laurie Callahan,
1: And I'm your other host, Joe Armond. Laurie is from Shreveport, Louisiana, in the United States of America.
0: And Joe is from Kilsheeland, County Tipperary, Ireland.
1: Together we get to travel the beautiful Emerald Isle, and we'd like to take you along with us.
0: Because we love what we do, and we want you to love it too.
1: That's a lovely, jiggy little tune you got there <laughs> for the intro, Laurie. Where did you find that one?
0: Um, Just picked it up off the internet somewhere.
1: can't beat the internet for jiggy tunes
0: (laughs) trying to find something that um relates to the stuff that you hear in the pubs over here
1: yeah that is the kind of stuff you'd hear in the pubs over here that's why they're always up dancing and jigging and jigs and reels yeah
0: you said jiggy little tune um so what, what, what is that, a jig or what is that called?
1: It's a jig and uh, there's reels and hornpipes and there are the other types of Irish music uh, that you will hear played in the pubs and in certain shows that we will go to uh, along our tours. I might yes, well add, excited uh, about that. Yeah, in our My Ireland Adventure tours. Mm-hmm. Anyone that wants to see more about that, they can now log into our new website. It's up and running, myirelandadventure.com. They can also connect with our f- Facebook page and group and social media sites. My Ireland Adventure—that's the one. You, all you have to do is type it in. Find Make it. sure
0: it's My Ireland Adventure, singular, not, not plural. Just Absolutely. My Ireland, My Ireland Adventure.
1: That's it. So, you've been doing some of this jigging in some of the pubs, have you? Oh yes. Like you have few oh, sessions, yes. a few dancing sessions?
0: Yeah, I sort of made the mistake one time of jigging um, to the national anthem, Ireland's national anthem.
1: Well, you know, that's not something you would jig to really. You, know. you just tend to, <laughs> to attention to that one, actually. <laughs> that's when all the jigging is over that's when that gets played
0: yeah yeah I was wondering why I was the only one moving
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> well I'm sure it got your attention but then again at that stage I of learned. the night they're probably uh, they're probably it's probably not that easy uh, to stay yeah. steady they, yeah. on the feet and it
0: was another American
1: hmm <laughs> was there a drinking session involved in this as well as a dancing session yeah
0: you know I don't even remember Oh ah, so well that's, that that's <laughs> definitely the
1: best one they're the best ones the ones you can't remember <laughs>
0: Okay, so I suppose it's a good idea to let everybody know exactly how we got started, um, how we met, and then also what it is we do. So in 2018, my husband and I were on yet another, (laughs) another trip to Ireland, and we were in Sligo at an old manor home, and Joe happened to be in the middle of one of his tours with another person, and he was staying at the same manor home. So we met at breakfast the next morning, and we all just sort of hit it off from there. Um, it was in that session of talking with Joe that we were informed of what it is he did as far as touring and photography, and I found that intriguing. I thought about it um, a lot, actually, and when I got back to the States, I just decided that— um, you know, kept thinking about it. And I decided that's something that I would really like to do. And, um, so my husband and I decided to take another trip that year in 2018 and, um, have Joe take us on a tour just to see what it was that he does. And after that, um, I definitely was, I was hooked. I realized that is something that I could do and I wanted to do it as well. And I could be the person on the other side of the pond who could organize from from this side. So yeah, that that's that's how it all began. So that's what I do. Um, Joe, can you tell us what you do on your side of the pond?
1: Okay, that was a very uh, happy meeting actually. And uh, coincidentally, we went together in Sligo and here we are. So yeah, um, I got into uh, touring, uh, customized personal tours really through photography so it was um, my photography and sharing pictures that uh, you know 10-12 years ago through social media that I got into the whole tour business and I didn't it just was uh, pure accidentally too I suppose but through showing people where some of these wonderful sites are in Ireland that they probably would never have otherwise seen um, I decided that I could probably make a business out of this and organized smaller group tours. So basically what's done offered, called a long story short or shorter, um, the whole tour will be organized from my itinerary, from my side, I'll organize the itinerary, collect at the airport and uh, book all accommodation, all hotels and bed and breakfasts, whatever the desire might be. If there's somebody that has a certain place or location that's close to their heart, uh, ancestry-wise or whatever, or just a place that they'd like to go to or see, then by all means, I uh, encourage people to ask or mention it and we will pop that into the itinerary. But in general, um, it would be from start to finish, all your driving and all your touring and guiding will be done by myself. And of course, now that we have joined forces, uh, Laurie and myself are together in this business. We can both uh, add our experience and our talents to bring you the best Ireland adventure and experience in a tour and a guided tour that's on the market.
0: Absolutely. And we're going to take you on a wonderful adventure. So hypothetically, we've got all the prerequisites taken care of. Got your flights, got your itineraries. uh, You've now landed on Irish soil. We're going to take you um, through what one of our tours would look like. Um, Joe is going to lead us. He's going to guide us and give us some history and um, just direction of what we're going to be doing. Joe, you want to go ahead?
1: Okay, thank you. Well, as, as we said previously, it would be a meet and greet at Dublin airport once you come off the plane we'll meet you we'll be there ready for you and uh, get quickly into it there's no point in wasting time it's uh, your time after all (laughs) and um, get going exactly (laughs) so unless there's a unless there's a wish to actually spend the first night in Dublin city which uh, can be done at the time usually we may leave it till uh, the, the last day of the tour or the last couple of days But generally uh, we like to uh, get out of Dublin, go southwards and a more natural uh, route would be down through County Wicklow and uh, Wicklow is just south of Dublin and it's a short drive to uh, it's known as the Garden of Ireland actually for good reason Um, some beautiful scenery and you get into it pretty quick you see the mountains, the green fields, the sheep Oh, the sheep. No shortage. Take lots of, of sheep. pictures of those sheep. <laughs> Wicklow might be the Garden of Ireland, but it's certainly mowed, the grass is mowed by sheep.
0: <laughs> but you'll never see them rolling down the mountains.
1: <laughs> Funny enough, no. I've never seen a sheep roll down the mountain into the sea or anything like that. They're, they're pretty sturdy on their feet, all right, Jeff? Yeah. So, yeah. The, and our first, uh, first sort of port of call may well be in um, a place called Loch Tay. And it's a lake in in the mountains, up high in the Wicklow Mountains. And the land uh, is owned by the Guinness family. And they ah, acquired bless the land. Bless their souls. Yeah, way back. <laughs> and um, God bless their souls, it's true. And they, the lake is on their land. But as you as we drive uh, along the mountain road, it's uh, we're well above it. So we're actually looking down at the lake. And they... They brought in uh, imported sand, white sand, to put along the top of the lake. And uh, as you're looking at it, it's very dark. The water is really black. Uh, It looks black as you're looking down on it. It's situated in between the mountains. So it's become known as the Guinness Lake because it actually resembles a pint of Guinness with the white sand on the top.
0: Yeah, it really does too.
1: It does. And um, so that would be a little stop for uh, certainly... Uh, any photographers anybody uh, wishing to take nice pictures it's a beautiful beautiful area to take some
0: however having said that all of ireland is just a photograph waiting to be taken
1: this <laughs> this is so true it's it's you know it's this american you it gotta stop undeniable. every
0: five every five minutes
1: <laughs> yeah just have the camera ready and luckily enough now it's in your phone these days so the phone is probably always in your hand anyway
0: Yes, and don't always stop where those camera signs are either.
1: Oh, you're talking <laughs> about the camera signs along the road so the, with an actual yeah, camera yeah, on the, the sign. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that, that those those are not there to uh to to indicate the perfect place to take a a picture. No, no, <laughs>
1: no, far from it.
0: That, that's. Yeah, that's what I thought at first, but that's not the case. What, what exactly are those cameras that posted for?
1: Well, they came up with this idea a few years back in order to uh, curtail the amount of people that were getting killed on roads and accidents along the roads. Sadly, those numbers were uh, beginning to rise. So it was uh, let out to a sort of a private company to uh, place speed vans with cameras along the roads. And if you, if you went over the speed limit, um, you got a nice letter in the post a few days later and you, know, you, you got an 80 euro fine and a couple of points on your license. But those signs are along the road in order to uh, warn you that the speed van is possibly on this road. It's not something that's uh, hidden. They're not jumping out from behind a bush or something to, uh, looking to catch you. At least that's not supposed to be the plan. They're supposed to be visible. It's a, it's more of a deterrent to warn you to slow down. Just slow down. That's so you get a picture about.
0: of yourself in the mail. You of get the it. They,
1: they take a picture, yeah, uh, if you're gone over the speed limit, and that's what they do. They send it on to you then, and you know, if you acquire enough points, you get over twelve points, I believe, uh, within a two-year period, uh, then you're suspended from driving. Yikes! So. It's it's worked uh, pretty good actually, and um, the, it's it brings in a lot of money as well for for the government. So it improves the the, the coffers, I'm sure, and, uh, and the funds. As long as they put it back in the roads, it's okay, I suppose.
0: So be mindful of the camera signs, but um, do not mistake them for. Um, indications of places to stop and take photos
1: no it's not where we're going to stop and take a picture not necessarily (laughs) anyway and uh it's something not to worry about too much because we're going to be doing the driving right
0: yes that's right don't have to worry about it
1: so from uh loch tay we will then move on to the next destination which would be a monastic settlement called glendalock which is in situated right between some of the wicklow mountains in a valley and indeed Glendalough uh, translated uh, into English means uh, valley of the two lakes and that's what it is glacially formed two lakes and uh, it goes back to ice age activity of course, uh, of course Ireland was under ice up to 10-12 thousand years ago there was a half a kilometre of ice still covering the country so when that moved on and melted this is the beautiful uh, country that we were uh, left with and glendalock is a perfect example of how that glacial activity formed the mountains and the lakes and the valleys and the streams that run through so a guy called kevin who was ordained and killed there in around the 600s and uh, 56th century um decided to move away from where his uh, spiritual training uh, occurred in, in County Dublin and he, he was a man that was uh, drawn to the wilds and drawn to animals and he had a, a big association and affiliation with animals and this is what gained him his sainthood in fact he had, um, uh, there were stories of blackbirds sitting in his hands while he uh, read his psalms in the, in, standing in the lakes and animals just seemed to be he was a, like a modern day sort of dr, dr. doolittle Do- <laughs> that's what follower, i was thinking you know <laughs> dr. Yeah. Do- he could talk it. to the animals <laughs> so when he moved there uh some of his followers uh did follow him and there was a, a a community and a monastic settlement set up around that time so christianity was beginning to spread and get strong Following the word of Saint Patrick, in around that time, just previous to that, I suppose, and um, Kevin moved to Glendalough, and what a beautiful spot he found, and it it may have been even a couple of hundred years later that some of the building the buildings that's on the site now uh, were constructed, uh, more stone stone tower, magnificent stone tower, maybe a hundred foot high, and. Um, th- that was also built probably for uh, defence purposes because in times of attack uh, the monks would have somebody on lookout up there and they could see particularly Vikings or uh, invaders coming to take their valuables they would uh, scamper up along the ladders, up along the floors There's probably maybe five or six floors in the tower and pull the ladders up after them so they'd be on the highest point and they'd be safe for a period of time anyway at least so uh, that, was, that was an uh, incredible uh, feat of engineering when you think yeah. about it at the time. So it's a magnificent sight to see and picture. There's also a cemetery there and uh, uh, the uh, cathedrals and the churches and where St. Kevin himself was laid to rest. Of course, he, when he lived there himself, he lived in a cave, uh, slept on a rock, used a rock as a pillow and um th- that's still there but it's a bit of a trek to get there so of course glendalock is a wonderful place for anybody who has uh, tracks and trails and that sort of um interest so it's good for that too
0: okay so when you mention the tracks and trails being in the mountains um what what exactly is the accessibility of of these things i mean is it primitive or um is it know easily accessible just kind of give us um an idea an image so that we'll have that to to better understand the place that you know we will be touring
1: yeah uh, good question that and uh, in fact the the road system in there is sort of typical rural ireland but uh, we'll be driving in there so we know the roads and that's not a problem but when we do get there there is car parking at both sides of the settlement so the first place we meet when we go in will be the tower and the cemetery and the cathedrals so we can park there and the accessibility to all that area is at worst a a few small steps and anybody can actually get uh, around to it quite easily. So further on which is about a kilometre or thereabouts uh, is, is another car parking area which will bring you around the uh, lake, the upper lake area. Now, for anybody that's um, fit and well and wants to take the hike or the trail, it's not that uh, it's not that bad either. It's about a kilometre and a half, maybe two kilometres of a around walk from the round tower down to the lake and back again. It's a very well developed footpath area, and uh, that's that's easily uh, achievable for most people i do believe there is there is also uh, some other areas up to a little waterfall the pool nass waterfall it's called or anybody that was uh, feeling even more fit they could go up around uh, kevin's tomb where it is uh, slightly above the lake in in a cave and uh, often actually we will stay the night in glendalock because there is so many places you could go and see and take a lot of time to spend there and uh, anybody that's uh, willing to uh, spend a night there it's well developed the settlement and there's a little village called Lara just before it and we have hotels gift shops and it's a nice little area it's not that built up but it's just a nice rural area
0: okay so the settlement itself is is well preserved but there but but it's still the area around is pretty well developed
1: yeah exactly there, th- there's a good community there okay. and it's very well developed um it's it's ideal place for a little stop one night stop or just maybe stop and keep going on to the next. yeah i
0: mean restaurants and shops
1: shops restaurants Hotel? hotels yeah. yeah bed and breakfasts um we have some nice places that we. Like to use when we do stop there on stay the night. Uh, wonderful area, very it's beautiful, good, good place to it stop. It's yeah.
0: absolute beautiful area. Now, this guy named Kevin that you mentioned,
1: that guy named the Kevin, the guy named Kevin okay. that you mentioned, Saint Kevin,
0: Saint Kevin. <laughs> he mentioned a story about him that I thought was interesting, seeing as how I too have had a little bit of an experience with this demon weed over here that y'all call nettles. I would like for you to share with us the story <laughs> of saint kevin and uh, the nettles
1: okay well um if you've met the nettle then
0: <laughs> met the nettle <laughs> it's
1: something you will not forget that's for sure um mm, yeah the we nettle, were introduced it's a green it's a green weed it's green plant that spreads like crazy and um but it's you know it's everywhere in the wild but if you touch it and even though you may not think it when you're looking at it and touching it that's quite a really bad sting off it isn't it
0: mm, yes it lasts a while too
1: it does it lingers and uh, I've had my running with Nettles myself but Kevin's uh, story apparently w- with Nettles was he was having issues with uh, celibacy and of course he was devoted to his god and celibacy was a, a part of it and his religion and his his vows and everything. So when he was in glendalock uh there was this young lady who took a shine to him, as we say, fancied <laughs> him and uh perhaps fell in love with him or she just took a shine to him. And um she wanted to make love to him, basically. <laughs> and took a shine, okay, that's what that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that's just an Irish thing, but anyway, now you know. So, she, on her approach to him, after quite a while of trying to woo him, uh, which wasn't working, I suppose, she decided to, you know, go the whole hog and uh <laughs> reveal everything she had. And
0: I'm just loving these Irishisms you're throwing out there. <laughs>
1: so... <laughs> She decided that the only way that she might actually catch his attention was to uh, turn up uh, naked. And so this wow. is what she did. She turned up naked in front of Kevin. And that's deliberate. Yeah, that's pretty much putting it on a plate, you would say. And um, <laughs> even though there was no plate, on a rock. <laughs> Put it out there on the rock. So Kevin uh, was had to resist. Uh, otherwise he, he was breaking his vows of celibacy so in order to resist this temptation what he did was he actually ran to the nearest field which wasn't far away in those days Ireland was very overgrown and took off whatever garments he had himself uh, which would have been actually dressed himself in all animal skins and things like that took off whatever he had on found a bunch of nettles and rolled himself around the nettles which would have been very, very, very sore and quite an experience that he wouldn't... Well, normal people certainly wouldn't recover from too easy. <laughs> so with that, uh, the young lady realized that he was pretty serious about his religion and his vows and she decided that it wasn't going to happen. And apparently she did actually join the nuns herself as a result. <laughs>
0: had quite an effect on her too it, it
1: huh it did you see and uh, this is that why rejection
0: be- didn't sit with Why him. he
1: became a saint
0: <laughs> okay is there anything else that um we need to know about that area
1: well in fact there is uh, there's uh an activity there back from the 1750s where they did a lot of mining and a lot of uh, copper and lead and other minerals were mined just above Glendalock uh, it's a stop too that we usually make on our, on our route out uh, through the mountains and back through on the way home towards our own territory of Tipperary. And the mines were uh, active for the best part of 200 years, ended around the 1950s. And um, the population from around the Glendalough, Glenmalure and Glendasson area uh, went from around 50 to maybe 250, 300 people which was uh, a big increase at the time uh, tough life of course going down in the mines not everybody was able for it and a little community was built up there where they had a, a village and a school operated for the children and um, the crusher house is still standing there in the mountains and there moves afoot I believe to create a tour a guided tour in around the crusher houses and the mountains and the trails of where the mines were interestingly enough uh what usually happens in these places because there's a lot of men and probably single men who work in these areas at the time young boys and uh, go into the mining industry um what also became popular there was a brothel would you Yeah, well, yeah, yeah i believe it <laughs> oldest, oldest uh profession apparently and mm. um it's also Pretty lucrative still <laughs> yeah probably is so that did well i'm sure uh in in the mining area of uh Delock, glenn malure and glendasson in those Nobody times rolling
0: around in nettles there huh
1: <laughs> well maybe they did <laughs> rolled around inside the mine didn't come out maybe you know encouraged them to stay in there <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so from there, we're going to be moving on to the Kilkenny, Tipperary, and Waterford areas. Um, So we'll be talking a little bit more about those places on the next episode. Um, And I will leave you with a tip, and that is to just stay away from those nettles.
1: (laughs) That's a pretty good tip. (laughs) Don't go near the nettles. Like I said, I've had my experience with them too. Mm. Um, yeah had blisters on my arse for a while after <laughs> as I can tell you <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, that's time to say goodbye now then we're coming towards the end of our very first uh, podcast on my Ireland adventure and just a quick yeah. reminder that you can find us on all those social media sites and pages my Ireland adventure Facebook group and page and our website like we said before is up and running and you can find details of our uh, tours on there myirelandadventure.com uh so no more to say except hope you enjoyed what you heard here and if you did please do uh tune in again for the next episode where we'll have some more little details of our own area where we come from in south tipperary Kilsheelan area clonmel and uh, uh henny and on the tipperary kilkenny border in kilkenny waterford will give you some details of some of the sites we'll be visiting down there and so yeah that's it um all i can say then is slan lat uh slan go fall. and take care until we uh tune in next time and uh be sure to get your dancing shoes on to <laughs> dance out to that jiggy little tune that we're going to play for you on the way out and take i'll bye.
0: sign off and say to y'all